I can't help but feel in my petty soul as if someone in the writer's room said, hey, what happened at the end of this episode is going to happen because there could be no white women saving the world in this show. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Utopia on Amazon Prime, episode two, Just a Fanboy. This was directed by Toby Haynes and written once again by Jillian Flynn. I gave this episode an 8 out of 10, not as strong as the premiere. However, there were some very shocking <laughs> things coming out. Not as much information as I wanted, but I think we're in a pretty good setup from where we were to where we're going to be, what's happening here. I wish we got a lot more of Arby, but that's just me. <laughs> I really love that actor. But this episode definitely had some of the bigger names making an appearance and some familiar faces. So let's go ahead and jump directly into the recap. We pick up with Jessica Hyde raiding the penthouse looking for the comic. She can't find it, but is able to find Grant's name tag. <laughs> her face when she looked in the mirror and saw herself, I thought she was just like, oh, I look like trash. <laughs> but I like how she, you know, even though why would you put perfume in your mouth? That's disgusting, but I don't think she's all there. That is definitely apparent by the end of this episode. <laughs> Even if what she's saying is true, uh, it clearly has taken its toll on Miss Thang. But she sprays it all over herself, then in her eyes, and then goes to security and finds the one brother who ain't even trying to do his job. You could tell by his pose and the fact that that door was unlocked when he went in there or when she went in there, <laughs> that he didn't give a shit about his job. And she comes in and says, have you ever been cheated on? Because my boyfriend has been cheating on me and I need to have proof of it. So can you show me the last 15 minutes of the penthouse? He's like, sure. He even offers her a bite of his pretzel. He's like, I don't give a damn about this breach of protocol. Here you go. He's a dick. And then she sees the photo, or not photo, she sees Grant and takes a photo of him, then puts her hand on him, and that's enough, apparently, because he clearly ain't had none in a while. Because <laughs> she is not looking all that to be like, oh, I'm going to give up my job. But then again, like I said, he don't care. Then we see RB staring at him in the elevator and I could have sworn that he was going to just be dead next because they were going to do the exact same thing. But apparently they have other means in which to find the other ones on the list. And Grant is not high. I forgot though that they also took his fingerprints. Oblivious, the Utopian gang, head over to Wilson's house. They're still drunk. Dad couldn't be more proud of his son's first sleepover at like, what, 30 years old? And they go out in the backyard and he has himself a bunker. And I feel as if, <laughs> as if, if maybe someone would have closed that bunker door, Wilson may have gotten away with getting his eye taken out by a spoon, but we will get to that shortly. There is a mention that apparently Einstein said if we... Uh, or if the bees disappear 
then we will as well in four years some of the back and forth talk that they are discussing them motherfuckers keep chasing me every time i'm outside so i think we're good there i know there has been a decrease in bees and i've heard about this since black mare however hey they definitely around my ass wilson shows sam a new discovery in the rabbit's eye he has a whole bunch of utopia on the wall he's got food (laughs) and it's like man can i at least get these peaches because they're already in my mouth and i'm starving becky recognizes what this discovery is in the rabbit's eye it's the deals virus which causes a degenerative syndrome in the nervous system predicted by uh, dystopia two years before the first case was reported and i wonder if this is what she has she doesn't seem to have any medication on her but i didn't see her grab her bag or anything i don't know when that's gonna come up Ian almost outs himself as a non-believer until he reveals that he took a pic of his panel and everyone rushes over to see it like you buried the lead sir becky finds a new virus and ian finds the phrase this is our undoing they think that they have found the next step to what could possibly end the world and they drink to saving it then we meet dr kevin christie riding his bike into his lab named after him christie labs apparently he is introducing simpro a way to feed all of humanity by creating some fake meat simple protein is what he calls it in this interview apparently there's speculation that this is being tested on poor communities that they don't have any backers for this meat product as of yet and that there's um possibly some shortcuts that they took to complete it the decade before they thought it would be due and that there are viral outbreaks that are occurring after the meat has been served 40 children have died thus far 62 by the end of the episode and he responds flu doesn't travel through meat and then she says but this isn't real meat as you keep saying and then he leaves the interview and his son which is the riddler on gotham i forgot his name i wrote it down later remarks that he's given the story traction now it's going to be all over the place I have a sneaky suspicion that this Dr. Christie is a bad guy. Why am I saying it? Because it's John Cusack and <laughs> he has a tendency to play some really good insidious villains and that's all I'm basing my premise on. Grant's phone is dead as he is on the subway but he's made a connection from a panel to an actual location within the Utopia book which is interesting then we move back to sam who tells becky to text olivia because we need utopia bitch you ain't got no money to get utopia so why do you need to text her for anything (laughs) you ain't got six thousand dollars are you gonna pay for this but at the hotel the police are finally on the scene aware of the massacre jessica pretends to be olivia because she has her phone and says do you is grant with you they say yes and they are going to meet up to buy the comic wilson however is pissed because he is a ghost everywhere he has no self or yeah he has no cell phone does he no he goes some back web channel 
he has no <laughs> he has no credit cards he has no bills in his name nothing he wants to stay off the government's radar and becky has just given out his address i'm glad that it wasn't even becky's address that got them busted he's also prepared himself for cia torture which is good to know and doesn't believe in coffee but points them in the direction of dunkin donuts and off the trio go sam becky and ian leaving wilson in his bunker i like the fact that they showed them leaving and then about a good mm, 50 seconds later uh arby and rod show up in a white van i was like oh man they left the bunker door open they couldn't have just knocked and i'm not sure if arby would have discovered arby or rod discovered this bunker but they found the location because they being pinged becky's phone to wilson's address and they're like oh they know each other they're friends then they pose as a gas company the dude was like love it and systematically began murdering the entire family by gassing them rb gives the dad a happy death because he says this is about my research he looked on the wall and said you know too much and then he's like i knew you fuckers were come and then he practically killed himself was like yeah and then rob was like i don't understand he's like well he put all this work into all this fucking research it's you know hey if he really thinks he got taken out because of it why not give him that and there's this weird thing about arby that seems to like humans that is a through line and that's making me believe that he may not be human himself arby and rod then find wilson and they handcuff him they ask about the boy he's like i don't know what you're talking about they ask about utopia he's like i don't have it they ask about becky and he says we partied and she left and then that's when the torture begins <laughs> and he has a spoon Arby camp comes over and says first is salt then bleach then spoon and we take out your fucking eye and that's exactly what they did Now, anyone else at this point in history <laughs> would be completely, you know, thrown by this, this, uh, like Ian himself, most of this episode by current events. However, of course, Wilson would be the one guy they come across who, one, is prepared for this, two, believes that Utopia is real and is more than willing to believe it. And this just kind of proves he was right all along so he's he's more than a little down with the fact that his eye came out not down with it particularly but hey at the end both rod and arby conclude that he is a fanboy as he stated he was and in a certain sense he is even though he believes in the viruses he knew nothing about jessica hyde nor the boy he tells rod to clean up the mess and he'll call home he then runs into Wilson's niece, and I was like, no, not her. Why she had to come home, dropping all the groceries, and gasses her on the porch. Wilson is able to get out of his cuffs because he says, I can unlock my shoulders and, you know, dislocate my thumbs. And he also has a gun, but he can't see Rod as he is shooting at him. I'm surprised that Arby did not hear the, the gunshots, but it is a bunker. But the door was open. 
And then what was up with Rod telling him, you guys don't know anything about the end of the world, you preppers. Once it comes, all this shit ain't gonna do nothing for you. Well, it'll do something better than what it wouldn't. My ass would be sitting there like, what? I ain't prepared. I never judge people for being prepared versus not. Hey, <laughs> every movie, they're always the one that at least got some food. And as he says, I can, pre- I can live down here for fucking two whole years. Rod tries to taunt him a little bit, but he misses Jessica sneaking her ass down there and killing him with an axe. She then introduces herself as Jessica High to Wilson, to which he laughs until she throws him up against the wall, then accepts that's his reality after realizing the sadist has asked him the same three questions she has asked herself. And then before... He leaves, he's like, wait, my research. And he comes back and gets it. Arby finds Pudding, then Rod's body and says, where is Jessica Hyde? He clearly knows she's been on the case or on the trail. Wilson with Jessica then rolls up on the gang in a station wagon, yelling that Utopia is real and to get in. Ian's whole entire demeanor. What the hell's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? Wilson is screaming. He's in shock. Um, Jessica wants him quieted and injects him with some quiet juice. But this is actually heroin. And I'm not sure how he just woke up with that with no reaction. She tells them that he is right, though. She is Jessica Hyde. And now they have to ditch everything, their cell phones, their wallet. And remarks that she is only willing to help them if they are useful to her. If they cry, whine, or complain, if you challenge me, I will cut you loose and let you die. She then burns all their shit and tells them that she is going to the Goodwill. Chicago City College, we catch up with Rain Wilson's character, Michael, who requests equipment to do science <laughs> and talks to a co-worker, Brian, about getting some additional funds because he discovered a flu more than seven years ago, but there's more viruses out there, more deaths, and he is irrelevant and he should be thankful for that. Otherwise, he'd probably be fired. Ian is still processing Sam realizes something is going on like hey if she is real then that means the rabbit's real I mean clearly someone took out fucking Wilson's eye Becky is watching the news and they are finally figuring out what's happened at FringeCon because that comes on and they wonder though because Jessica is the one that had the syringe needle of heroin if maybe she's the killer and they are now in the company of a mass murderer, which is a fair question, I thought. However, um, when she returns with their Goodwill clothes, she wants them to change into a disguise uh, for their appearance and that there are no second <laughs> do-overs once you change your appearance. Becky looks to Sam to say are we staying or not and there was a look that jessica gave i processed it i didn't know where it was going but i didn't predict where it would end up (laughs) but i did notice that look michael's wife colleen calls him in to look at the news and the t-shaped mark on the kids with the flu 
because he himself discovered that type of virus and she thinks that maybe it is um, turning or you said it could mutate all these things you said and causing these deaths and she encourages him to get involved and at least request a sample of the boy's blood which he does do the next day but considering all that paperwork in the, in the mailbox I'm not sure if that's ever going to be addressed but I have a feeling it is because it's TV. Kevin Christie has dinner with his family very multinational children family he's got Chinese got black he's got white uh, and his son Thomas and they all discuss what did you do today to earn your place in this crowded world and I'm like um, I'm a kid and <laughs> do shit I'm supposed to be living my life the team have changed with Sam deciding to go full golf and goth I should say not golf <laughs> And I did laugh out loud when Becky was like, you got that at the Goodwill? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And comes out as a hippie with some shorts and a backwards cap and that stoner typical sweatshirt. And Becky is a Russian. <laughs> She's a straight up. She put on a wig. She had a grandma's glasses. But then that drag suit is definitely Russian. At 8.12, apparently the lights come on and Ian is not impressed that Jessica can case a house. But Sam is all in, like, come on, guys, let's just, you know, she's encouraging everything, everyone to just follow the crazy lady's lead as if she doesn't have a weapon. Wilson wakes and tells, uh, asks about his family. And then she tells him <laughs> that they're fine. She helped them get away. And he's all happy. And everyone knows that's a lie because she told them earlier that Wilson's family is dead. And then she gives him some antibiotics. He's like, I don't do pharmaceutical shit. And then once again, Sam's like, you should do it. And he follows her lead. And Jessica side eyes her for this. He does take the antibiotics, which he does need. Like she was absolutely right. <laughs> um, it's more like she's telling things and then Sam's co-signing everything she's saying. And I think that's what annoyed the shit out of her. But why couldn't they like take a rag and also get that blood off? Because you're so worried about infection. How about let's just remove the blood because it looks really fucked up. And then how is it? Well, he did get a huge dose of heroin. So yeah, no, that, yeah, his pain should pretty much be taken care of. She shows them the picture of Grant and they're like, he's not a little boy, but they've never met him. So clearly why wasn't it out of the possibility that he's a little boy? And they say that they need to message him. Ian is once again challenging, are you really Jessica Hyde? This isn't really real. And she points out, no, it is. My story is in dystopia. And she needs to find her dad and save him. Grant, born to them streets, knows how to keep himself alive. Sneaks into the yard, eats some blackberries, and is chased down. Then invited in by an Alice who has a black mama, but this is, looks, seems to be a foster care situation because she says, that's how I met Alice. And she said, there's no shame in being in the system, but there's also no shame in leaving it if it fails you because it fails a lot of people. I liked her a lot. There seems to be an orphan issue. Is that something in the world that's happening along with everything else? She gives him a bed for the night. Tells him, my only rules are no drugs, no alcohol, and to be respectful and have a good attitude. That's all I, I ask of you. 
and she tells Alice, give that boy back his comment because she clearly did not. And he asked for some blackberries though. Maybe she he wouldn't have mind if you would have gave up some of them blackberries. Because she says, those are mine. Mine. I'm not giving you none. Ian really ain't taking it no more. He says, guys, this is just comics. But she says, this birthmark. See, I have it. It's my starburst. And Sam realizes that the X in that photo they've been looking at is not an X, but a T-shape. And she says, well, maybe I was wrong earlier saying 50 is too small, but it's more than 50. It's 72 now or 62. And that this is the next predicted virus. Wilson is rather happy it's the end of the world, whereas Ian has had enough. He wants to go to the police. He asked them to come with. No one wants to, or at least they're just looking unsure of what to do. Uh, because like I said, you got Wilson who clearly said he's not on Jessica's team. He's like, look, they came to me. They're asking for this book. Clearly something's going on, even if it ain't. And I understand Ian's response too. Um, there's people who know how to handle this. I am not one of them. <laughs> Jessica doesn't care about the virus, just finding her dad and pulls a gun on him. He says, you're not going to shoot me. He is just refusing to believe it's real and then sam tries to come take charge and saying you know you already changed your clothes there's some part of you that knows this is real just sit down and everything will be fine don't go to police just stay and eventually she gets him to sit down but jess did make a comment don't listen to her listen to me or there will be consequences and he listens to her and the consequence was uh, Samantha got shot up in the head. Bitch, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Ian screams, you murdered her. She says, I subtracted her. Two leaders in one group ain't it. <laughs> and that they are now in a new world. Mine. And that is how we ended the episode. And I was like, oh shit. What the hell happened next? I'm thoroughly intrigued. That's my thoughts on this episode. Let's jump into the feedback. If you want to send feedback, you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can send it in written form or you can send it via audio. Like two of our feedbackers tonight let's start up with miss mimi what up stina it's mimi i am um sending in feedback for utopia this is uh season one episode two um i'm really liking this um show i will say i think some of the graphics and the gruesomeness is gonna be too much for me but um i usually just remedy that by covering my eyes like i can say like off off jump um wilson's torture i only heard the sounds but that was enough to let me know i didn't want to see what was happening when he said salt bleach and spoon i was like i don't even know what want to know what he gonna do with that spoon i can imagine but i don't want to see it so yeah <laughs> i did not watch that but i heard it and it was disgusting ugh I'm sure that's not going to be the last of it because um, I looked up his name. The guy's name is Arby. He is an asthmatic psychopath. So that's interesting. Um, Rod, 
the guy who got axed in the head by Jessica Hyde. That was pretty um, sweet. Um, first, can I talk about Wilson? Wilson's first sleepover was the cutest thing. And I was like so happy for him until I realized that seeing the asthmatic psychopath pull up shit was not going to go well for him and his entire family that was sad um they killed his little sister she was a sweet cute one and I'm sad about that like they literally killed his whole family I don't know how they're going to remedy the blood in the basement or I guess it's a bunker but I'm sure they it sounds like they have you know this isn't their first rodeo so they're going to make everything look like it's supposed to I don't know probably gonna make it look like it was Wilson that killed everybody we'll see um I'm sure we'll find out next episode um I will let you know straight off the bat that that ending had me shook I was not expecting that at all and I was starting to like Samantha she was starting to be one of my favorite characters like I like Becky but I just don't feel like we see her that much uh Samantha was like the level-headed one the logical one the smart one Wilson is smart too but in a, like a creepy conspiracy conspiracy theorist kind of way so you know his genius is a little overdone because he or I guess overdone is the right word it's a little um too much because he just seems like he's crazy even though turned out he was telling the truth but he could have easily just been a cuckoo bird and you know sometimes people are right and we never find out so we just they just go through life with everyone thinking that they're crazy so Wilson just happened to be proven right that he wasn't crazy he was obsessive yes but not crazy um and Jessica killing Samantha all I could think about was Ian look what you did this is literally your fault you got Samantha killed like right in front of everybody and it's crazy too because right before Jessica shot Samantha I'm like Becky this yo man why aren't you talking him down you should be over there telling him to calm down instead of sitting in the on the couch cowering she was like come sit and he didn't and she was like look I tried (laughs) and I was like come get your man and then Jessica killed Samantha and I was like I guess it's good Becky didn't do it because she would be dead and I don't know. It looks like Ian's already on the brink of madness. So I'm sure Jessica killing um, Becky would have been too much for him. So that's that's that on that. Um, Grant, let's talk about Grant. (laughs) I wanted them to find out that Grant was a little boy from him showing up because I think that reaction would have been hilarious. But I guess, you know, this worked, too. They know he's a little boy and they send him the message through like the old school blinking green screen <laughs> computer. Like, where does where did that little boy even get that computer from? Like his phone is dead, so he can't charge it. Um, He's clearly hungry. I don't know why he didn't go home. Maybe he knows more than we think he does. He might be like maybe he takes what Wilson says to heart and he sees the utopia like book he has it and I'm sure he's read it so he probably knows you know this stuff is more realistic than he originally thought so he's probably really smart to not go home but I guess he got lucky with uh the um the fact that the dude is um 
or I guess I guess that dude it's a woman that he you know ended up at that lady's in that lady's garden because she took him in I don't know I don't feel like he would stay um maybe he just needs to charge his phone he's a very smart boy so I'm sure we're gonna find out soon enough exactly what he plans on doing um I don't know why but the little girl I don't trust she just looks real suspicious um I could be just being paranoid because this show is already crazy (laughs) but I just I just don't like the look in her eyes like she looks kind of dangerous she might even be his partner in crime because he look a little dangerous too I guess we'll see um I do like how they're they're casting though like it's like blended people like just because you see a white dad doesn't mean that all the kids are going to be white and a white mom I do like I can't remember John Cusack's character the doctor um I like that his family was blended we had an Asian daughter um two little black girls uh the little boy with the curly hair that was that was cool I like the fact that they're mixing up you know ethnicities which will give you know characters of of color acting roles and I like that I do think it's weird like it has to mean something that his you know the meat product that he created was you know experimented with the children in areas that are now um you know have the flu this flu and I've never seen a flu that people develop a rash like that in itself shows some type of random you know signature that makes this a very strange strain of the flu and I can appreciate them you know saying that it was in poor areas but you see the majority of the kids being white like that was kind of unrealistic because we know especially in St. Louis if it's an area that's going to be even if it's an academy because I've seen in Chicago in like the inner cities where they'll call a school an academy and they broke as hell and it's not a private school it's just you know some schools in Chicago I, I don't know how to explain it but like it's not based off where you live it's based off your your academic scores like I know the school that my boyfriend went to because he grew up in Chicago on the north side um he had it's called Lane Tech and it's a school that's like a you know a technical location school I don't know what they call it but they call it Lane Tech because it's like a technical school but you have to take like you have to be of a certain intelligence to get in it I'm not saying you have to be like it's like one of those things where you have to you know be at the one percent of your class but it's a test and if you pass it then you can get admission but if you can't like his brother wasn't smart enough to get into that school so he had to go to another school so Chicago is broken down like that so I'm thinking you know in the Midwest maybe in um, St. Louis it's like that too just because a school calls an academy doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it is so I feel like them saying you know inner city these kids are poor The likelihood of them being all white is very slim. I get what they're trying to do, and I guess I appreciate it. But, you know, realistically, if they were going to try a meek product at an inner city school, those kids will all be brown and black. Um, That's all I have. I, I am sad that I missed, you know, everyone's reaction the first time because I was already at work or driving to work when I saw that you know Utopia was up and I was like dang I wanted to watch that and then I realized you know since it was on Prime that I can watch it at work on my lunch break at least watch half of it because I only get 30 minutes and then 
um, finish the rest and then I can listen to the podcast on my way home because I don't know if you guys know this but my job is not close to where I live I work at a hospital that's about 50 minutes from my house so I usually use the podcast that we have to you know entertain myself on the way to work and from work um so I did do that and I was like man I missed a really good <laughs> a really good show I think we got some good ones this time um for this October calendar um because so far raised with wolves is really good this is good merlin's always good but season three is starting to kick things off so i am really enjoying what i'm watching now and i've told myself i'm not gonna binge because i need this to pace myself we got what october november december we got three months and i need to make sure that i have stuff to watch um so <laughs> been pacing myself um i can't wait to hear what you guys think you and shy um on this episode it was really good i don't know what i was expecting it to go through but i feel like it's getting into shit really fast and i'm pretty excited about you know the fast pace after trying to watch chernobyl so i'm all for it um so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch me me out i'm glad this can be your entertainment for work mimi that makes me feel kind of special. <laughs> but good thoughts as always. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna slightly disagree about Ian it being his fault. I think that bullet was coming for Sam no matter what. Like I said, I feel like there was like three, two the three looks before she it was the third time that she got someone in the group. Because first it was Becky saying, Hey, can you you know, are we staying here? Then there was Wilson take the pills and then I think this was third strike and was out like she this is someone else she has under her control that Jessica didn't and that was gonna be a problem for Jessica but you are so right I was starting to like Samantha too <laughs> but I think in a lot of ways it's kind of like a representation of no we're not going the logical smart route yeah that's not what this is <laughs> you know we're gonna stop the virus we're gonna save the world yeah that's not what she's even about she's like i'm about here to save my dad and you guys are here to lure out grant and you know some shit about utopia and you're willing to believe or you guys do believe that it is real for the most part um yeah but i also agree with you about becky like that is your man like um were you not just kidding but at the same time becky's like i just met you yesterday bruh because <laughs> that feels like me i'm like and she did try at first she's like yeah come sit down okay he ain't sitting down she got a fucking gun i'm still a black woman shit i i, I met you yesterday you was so cute i would have we ain't even bumping grind yet so i i'm mm, kind of feel, <laughs> feel becky on that part like hey i tried it i can't do much more and then yeah i didn't completely watch uh, I didn't watch the, the spoon part, refused, but I kind of peeked a little bit at the salt part and it wasn't so bad. It was just more like, yeah, the worst type of irritation. And then, yeah, once the bleach went on there, I was like, oh, okay, this is terrible because it was, it was mostly his face was red. It wasn't so bad. But then when he got to the eye part, I was like, oh, but at least he scooped that shit out clean. I have to say that he did a surgical... <laughs> Arby, his asthmatic ass, and then he goes up there. Oh, I love Arby already. <laughs> she said there's a doughy guy up there, <laughs> a doughy sadist. 
<sighs> if you just knew how much I love this actor, that's why I'm like, this is a bad guy, and yet I'm so... But there, he is more interesting than he looks. But yeah, this is a really good lineup we do got. We got this in and Braised by Wolves and Merlin. And you didn't even mention Doom Patrol. But that's because you don't know which episode you want. But we'll get there. <laughs> oh. So, with uh, BB's thoughts now processed and cracked up on by me. Let's move on to last but not least, Miss Shy. Hey, Christina, I'm back to talk about this crazy episode, Utopia episode two. Holy cow. <laughs> talk about insane. Wow. Just wow. I'm like, I am, I am just flabbergasted <laughs> at the amount of bodies that are dropping in these first two episodes. I'm like... There's just nobody safe. There's not, not even the main characters are safe. Because, yeah, as I will tell you, say in a minute. I mean, first we start out with um, Wilson, them going to Wilson's home, which I thought, you know, would mean that they were at least safe for now because uh, they are no longer at that hotel and at least had some time to, uh, enjoy life before things started going crazy but nope they found them right away and r.i.p to wilson's family that was so sad and uh well his extended family or board i don't even know i guess those are um boarders that live in that home anyway but still that was so sad and I really thought that when they went around dropping bodies and I didn't see the little girl, I really thought she would have been saved from that fate. But unfortunately, she was not. And then I really thought that, yeah, I just thought that she wasn't going to meet her maker. But sadly, that wasn't the case. And I really thought that Wilson was about to meet his maker because I'm like how the hell is he going to get out of this because they tortured homeboy like something serious salt to the eye bleach to the eye took a freaking spoon and scooped his freaking eye out I'm trying to refrain from saying certain words but holy shit damn and on top of all that he's oh my god i just uh, and then they show the eye oh godly <laughs> all i can think about this whole time is when is he gonna use that trick with the handcuffs but then i'm like what is he gonna do even when he does use the trick with the handcuffs and then when the one guy arby left i was like oh okay okay so maybe he can uh escape now but then i remembered yeah but he got bleach and salt in his eyes so he can't see <laughs> oh but thankfully <clears throat> jessica came to the rescue and um so Wilson ended up surviving, but damn, that was, oh, anyways. 
But yeah, this Jessica character, she means business. She ain't playing around. She ain't playing around with them. She ain't playing around with anything. So she takes them to this. Oh, I will say even before that, um, one of the things that stood out to me, you know, prior to um, shit hitting the fan is them looking at that one page and interpreting all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know where they get this whole theory stuff from i'm like i'm looking at the same thing they're looking at i'm like where are they getting this where are they getting this the virus and yeah they they're better than me so i was just i was just going with it It it's like yeah whatever y'all see i'm on board and sure enough as it turns out the the shape of the t on the kid's head and the little symbol of a virus that ended up being a thing so however they're interpreting this book is is genius uh hey hey nerd power that's all i can say about that because i would have just been looking at them pages going okay it's a kid looking crazy that's it so jessica brings them to this abandoned house and um she goes and have them change their which is smart change their appearance um so that you know uh killer killer twins well obviously they're no longer the killer twins because rod uh met his maker so of course to me rb is the more creepier of the two so yes and he's still around um she has them change their appearance and this is the other thing that didn't make sense to me it was ian's attitude and during uh and later on in the episode he was being the most idiotic not making any damn sense attitude i've ever seen i'm like dude didn't you just sit there when y'all saw the news and suspected that she's the one that was behind the murders at the comic-con and the heroin overdose of the other people you know and the other ones getting shot up weren't you sitting just sitting there thinking that she was behind that yet you're going to sit there when she has a gun pointing to your face threatening to kill you you're going to sit there and you know act all big and bad like go ahead and do it go ahead and do it that didn't make any damn sense i'm like even if just for a second you believe that she's full of crap and that she don't whatever she's saying is not legit why would you take the chance of thinking this perfect stranger that's got a gun in your face is not going to shoot you like what 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 context are you getting this from that you're going to sit there and think this woman is not going to shoot you in the face that doesn't make any sense i just felt that was a bit over the top and his attitude was over the top is you know straight lace you death jockey type guy is going to all of a sudden be this big um, this big and bad tough bravado type dude you know facing you know certain death and not giving a crap i'm like no no that i mean i don't know his character well it's only episode two but even that was a little far-fetched if the whole point of that was for us to understand why sam ended up meeting her maker because yeah that was the other 
shocking thing from this episode is Jessica shooting Sam. I did not see that coming. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, she's like, nope, they can't be two leaders. So she has to go. Um, so are you happy now, Ian? Do you think, do you take her seriously now? I mean, I, I just, I just didn't understand where he was going with that. I just didn't understand. Yeah. I mean, and then the other thing is, even if you didn't believe her and you, you thought this whole thing was, uh, you, you thought, you know, her story was, you know, full of crap and all that good stuff. Uh, dude, Wilson, his eye it's it's missing uh blood i'm missing so that's still real that shit still happened what the fuck (laughs) so even if you don't think she's jessica and you don't believe in the utopia and the comic book and dystopia still wilson he's got an eyeball missing (laughs) so you watch the news right you saw people were killed up at the the comic con ah oh, anyway so yeah that that was just that that whole thing just i'm like ugh. anyway then we got grant um who apparently don't have parents and is just roaming the country without adult supervision i don't know how he's getting around apparently he has money stashed somewhere or he's able to make it work somehow i would say he's very resourceful uh he ends up uh stealing some blackberries and getting caught and just so happens to meet the most understanding and and sympathetic i would say foster mom adoptive mom um he meets alice and kim they bring him in they feed him no questions asked you know, no problem. This is typical that we just come across random 10, 11 year old kids that, you know, we just take in. So I'm very interested in Grant's story because, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's in the system. So Kim pegged it right on that regard. We got the scientist Stern that's um, apparently ends up possibly being the the key to getting the cure for this flu that's going around that's hits way too close to home yes i'm thinking about you rona um and we got christy that's played by john cusack who i'm guessing with his nasty pharmaceutical brand meat synthetic meat or whatever the heck he was trying to um introduced to the world is the cause of this virus of course that's always how it happens it always starts out you know trying to be one thing and it morphs into something else and next thing you know you got some type of a pandemic going around when the whole point was to make something better for the world i guess so very interested in where that goes um so yeah I really enjoyed this episode from start to finish and I've already gone more than I should have in talking about it but and I can go on forever um, talking about it some more but I will not um, I will leave it at that and 
look forward to hearing what you and Mimi have to say about this episode because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm trying to refrain from binge watching just to find out what happens next and what happens next. Because, yeah, this 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 show is insane. And it's only episode two. All right. I'll leave it at that. Until next time. Much love. Peace and black girl magic. Queen of the couch. Shy. That was Miss Shy with her thoughts and her complete, utter... <laughs> not understanding of Ian and all of his actions. I get that. It's I feel sometimes with characters when you're watching them and I do this exact same thing, trust. You're just like, "Why are you acting this way?" I don't understand. And sometimes, sometimes I can stop myself and put myself in the character's place, but other times I'm like, "No. <laughs> That's not how I I would react to that situation." Yes. We are like Becky while while Mimi was trying to tell us that we were not like Becky. No, we're like Becky on that fucking couch. Like, uh, I get, and I am going to question what's going on. Cause you know, that's smart to do. But at the same time, this bitch got a gun. So when she says sit and the gun comes out, I'm sitting the fuck down. I, I don't need to be told twice. You, you see both brown and black person realize, hey, gun. And then of course you got the, the white woman. <laughs> And the other white man acting, you know, because not only that, you had Jessica questioning her a little bit, saying, oh, we're going to do the virus. She's like, no, I'm finding my dad. And then you got Ian in this moment where he's just panicking. It's not, I didn't see it as bravado at all. He was not being tough in that moment. He was literally just pushing the situation to an inevitable edge that he's trying, like he's, Seeing how far the boundaries go, and if that means he catches a bullet, that means he catches a bullet. Some people, when they panic and they freak the fuck out, that's how they react. And that's how I saw it, more so than bravado. Seeing it from the side of bravado, I can see, I can understand how you would feel that way. But to me, he'd been freaking since he fucking got in that car and then watched this woman. Uh, drive erratically I mean just think about it from his perspective and he's out of all of them the one non-believer right he's the one like this is just comics y'all are deep into this I don't care I'm not judging you for being conspiracy theorists whatever however (laughs) I really am not I'm the least one to buy into this right so to me his reaction was rather understandable even if it was annoying because you even had Wilson having a moment of being like oh fuck jessica ha, da, 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 da. He, he just took it two steps further because he is white and that's what <laughs> they do and it's not like i'm not being rude to my white people but hey we have different ways of reacting to situations he was thinking maybe if i stand up and convince everybody that it will propel other people into action it did not um, because <laughs> the brown people and the black person is not getting off the fucking couch. So, in that regard, I didn't judge him too hard, too harshly. He's, he's fucking freaking. And I, I can't say in the back of my mind, I wouldn't have been like, can we go to the police? <laughs> like, when she would have left, that would have been the opportunity. Now, does he have good timing? No. And I... And like you said, he knows that Wilson, something happened to him. That's what Sam was trying to say. Like, you clearly know 
whether you want to believe in this comic or not or whether you're just coming to this realization or not that everything you've read in the past however many years what did they say seven years is all true right you need a moment for that and i think that even jessica that's why she didn't shoot him understood he needed a moment with that as annoying as he was being she needed him to get on board and start putting his faith in her and that's why she was trying to handle that moment and while jessica or while samantha was trying to help that ultimately ended up being her undoing because she kept trying to take a position now strangely enough and i agree i forgot to talk to mimi's feedback because i don't write down everything about those kids being um there was a white yeah they would all have been black or brown but i found an article because i didn't want to look for it but i happened to be looking for the season two synopsis and so i ran into this article and it is just for episode two and it's interesting on how i opened this podcast before i even read this so a few interesting things from Jillian Flynn, the person who I believe is the co-creator, co- the head writer on this, right? She says, uh, Samantha was a character that didn't actually exist in the British original. Oh, forgot to mention this show is based on a, is it a comic or story? I'm not sure. But um, she also stated in an interview that quote she was created largely to die to me it signals that this is a world where you can't take anything for granted it puts the audience on this unsettling almost unreliable narrator route where you find out the person who is going to be in charge is jessica hyde who is obviously someone who is willing to kill in her single-minded pursuit of finding her dad and finding the truth so it gives you a good wobbly and puts you in an unsteady place She goes on to also say that her decision tied into her desire to see less easily defined heroes in media as stated during her 2013 discussion with The Guardian. Blonde hair, blue eyed and delivering grand world saving proclamations, Samantha represented the traditional model that Flynn wanted to subvert. Conversely, Jessica was a character that had known nothing but survival for the majority of her life. With no friends and absent family, Jessica's social awareness and capacity to value human life was extremely skewed. It was Flynn's intention, however, that Jessica would evolve as the season progressed and take very, very small baby steps toward humanity and understanding that shooting your way out of everything isn't always the answer. So I think there is something to what I actually put out earlier and I was being silly about it but it kind of made sense and that's how I felt the way they were building up the character of Samantha she was always the the gallivator the always the the one in charge the uh being everyone's person of leaning on and I really did was wondering how this was going to cause dissension and that's why also she said in that same article which I'll just go ahead and um put in the show notes that she uh knew eventually that this was going to lead to dissent her and samantha so this was just the moment to end this uh, immediately before there was a moment in which she would have needed the team to do something and her authority would have been questioned and it may be very pivotal moment and she could not even have that threat of dissent lingering 
So I, I th- find it very interesting because it is a character we enjoyed with Samantha. At least I enjoyed and looks like Mimi. But it also uh, does have a purpose outside of being quote unquote shocking. So I will again put that in our show notes. And I cannot wait for more of where this season could try to keep away from them F words. You might be letting out a lot more before the season ends. And with that, that is all of our feedback. Again, you can send that if you want to on the next episode of the show for episode three to blackhourcouch at gmail.com. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review and rate the podcast. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.